What's up guys? Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Channel. I'm super excited to be with you guys today. Uh, sorry I'm posting a little late, but I had a lot of things to do. But nonetheless, late is better than never, right? Okay, so I know these last few days I've had a mentor on and we've talked about mindset. We've talked about how to invest in real estate with no money down. Now, I did mention exit strategies for an investment property, and that's what I want to go over today. Exit strategies. Uh, there's typically about five exit strategies you can use, and we're going to go over those today. Uh, actually, there's probably about four. One of them is pretty unique, which we can go over uh, as well. So the one exit strategy everybody knows of is the rehab and sell, which is the flip the home, right? You buy this property for, let's say, $50,000, and you're going to go and flip it for $120,000, in two to three months after all the repairs. Uh, so that alone is a great strategy. It's fast. It, you make a lot of money that way. You could 1031 exchange your money into another property. Uh, it's a great way to make a lot of money in a short period of time. But here what I'm, here's what I'm going to tell you is that the flipping market isn't always um, at a peak. There's going to be people such as aka appraisers who are literally going to control the market. So even though your ARV may be or your comps and everything showing your house appraised for before you bought it at 130, right? When you go to sell that property, the appraiser could say, hey, uh, no, it's going to appraise at 110. So what's going to happen is you have to have multiple exit strategies, right? So if you're losing $20,000 there or $10,000 or $5,000, you want to change your strategy. You're like, okay, let me look instead of flipping it. Let me look at, you know, refinancing it and renting it. And this way, maybe over six, eight months, you make all that money back and then you can sell it and make, you know, a quick five, $10,000. So with that being said, guys, I've mentioned this before, have multiple exit strategies when looking at an investment property. Never go into a property uh, looking tunnel vision, saying, oh, I'm just going to flip it and flip it only, right? You want to have plan A, B, and C. So with that being said, flipping property is great. Uh, I just recommend having backup plans, aka refinancing, aka having an investor ready just to buy out the property so that maybe you can just own or finance it or, you know, multiple strategies. There's multiple strategies. You just got to get creative with it. Uh, so rehab and sell is one. Another one is uh, the typical buy and hold. And the buy and hold is, that's is all, it's what it sounds like. You buy the property, you get a, a mortgage out. Um, uh, typically, you do like a 15, 30 year mortgage and you just rent it out. And what happens is there's multiple ways you can do this. You could rent it out as a single family unit. Let's say and you, uh, your mortgage is $800 and you're charging them $1,200 or $1,100 for mortgage. You're pocketing three, $400 a month of passive income, right? Uh, or uh, I have seen investors do this and most of these investors who do this are extremely successful. Um, and that is renting out each room. And the way they do it is they rent out each room. So let's say, for example, you buy a property straight up cash, right? Now you owe nothing on the property. 
and the property is yours. All you have to pay is property taxes and whatever little repairs. It's a four bedroom, right? You rent out each room for $500. You're automatically, I mean, after, you know, putting money aside for repairs, vacancy, you know, all that stuff, you're going to have about $1,500 of cash flow for that one property. And now if you keep compounding that, you know, two, three, four, five properties, uh, it, that will grow, obviously. So there's different strategies, but I only recommend that strategy uh, when you're near a military base. Because typically what happens is, I was in the military for six years, and what happens is people in the military, they just, they want to be with their friends, they want to be with their coworkers, they don't want to, you know, live on their own. Because most people in the military, they just hang out with each other anyway. Uh, so what typically happens is they rent and they all rent as a community. But we're going to have to take a short break, but we will be back to talk about multiple strategies. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So we were talking about exit strategies. We went over the rehab and sell. We went over the buy and hold. And the two sub-strategies behind the buy and hold would be rent it out as a whole unit, the whole house as one unit to a family, or you could rent it out as a multiple unit. So if you have a four-bedroom home, you rent out each uh, each room in that home. Um, so that's buy and hold. Uh, now the other strategy is kind of unique because it's it's actually really quick. You acquire a property and then you just sign it over to someone else, and that's called wholesaling. And with wholesaling, it's more of let's say you buy a property and your intentions are to buy and hold and or to flip it. But you have another investor who comes along and is like, well, I want this property uh, and I'll buy it for you for this much. You know, maybe he's offering five to $10,000 more. Now, you can easily just sign the contract over to him and just say, okay, and make the quick five to $10,000. Uh, but that, that's something where you don't own the property. You're literally just putting the property under contract. Uh, and then you either go out and find a buyer or the buyer comes to you. Uh, and then while it's in contract, that buyer will sign, basically you sign over that contract to the next buyer for more. And then you keep whatever the difference is, which typically about five to $10,000. Now, full-time wholesalers, I'll tell you this right now, they typically uh, do that to about five to 10 on the high end of homes, right? Five to 10. So if you're making a minimum of, you know, five thousand dollars per close you know if you sell 10 that's that's fifty thousand dollars a month i'm sure you're hustling though it's not some easy cake job but it's just something where you go to banks you go to the court uh you send out flyers you network with communities and typically people will bring you homes like hey i want to cash off on my home you buy it for fifty thousand you sell it to an investor for sixty thousand and that's something real quick, right? That's something where you don't have to worry about the property. It's just you make the cash, you move on to the next property, and you invest that cash you make into the, the next property. So uh, now that we have rehab, buy and hold, wholesaling, the next one, guys, I want to talk about is the owner finance. Uh, now, before I talk about this, I want everybody to kind of clear your mind and uh, take out any, how is it? This is going to, to some people, this might sound really crude, what I'm about to say, but it's actually just business and it's just statistically the way things work out and the way things happen. So typically when you own a house, 
when you own a house and you owner finance it to somebody else, so meaning like you're the bank and these people are basically buying the property from you long term, you guys come up with a 15-year plan or 30-year plan, whatever it may be, what ends up happening is the owner is going to request a down payment, a fair down payment, a typical 20% or maybe even less, 15%, however, however much the buyer can afford. Um, and what that's going to do is you get the down payment and then they're going to pay you a monthly fee, maybe $1,000 a month for the house. But what happens is all people who do owner, fi- or owner uh, financing, all the investors, the owners who are the investors, they all know that 85%, maybe even higher, percent of people who uh, owner finance from these investors, they never follow through. They never. I mean, it's a blue moon that they followed through on their 15-year loan, right? And so what happens is the investor keeps their down payment and the investor keeps all those monthly payments that were made and he has to kick out the the uh, he has to kick out the the tenant who was owner financing and then for the investor all he does is rinse and repeat he goes to the next guy asks for $15,000 down but in his head he already knows that what's going to happen is the sad thing is it's just they're just not going to follow through uh, and that's just the way of the game guys i mean it's not like you're finding people to not follow through it's just people don't follow through typically that's what happened not to say that you know there hasn't been those people that do but uh statistically it's just not the case um so as far as a good opportunity that can be a good opportunity to keep a property and to uh, continue renting so i hope i hope i didn't uh pinch anybody's nerves on that last um that last strategy but you guys look at i mean the reason for this podcast is i am exposing everything to you i'm giving you the raw data of real estate investing i'm giving you the raw information that nobody talks about that everyone wants to keep a secret because they believe that there's a scarcity in real estate you guys real estate is a trillion dollar industry and 13 percent of united states gdp is made off of real estate Okay, and so there is no such thing as scarcity in real estate, and uh, and this is just uh, this the whole reason for this podcast is to share all the information, the gray areas, the dark areas, the white areas in real estate, and uh, you know really to give you guys a taste of what what's going on. I mean, you guys, there's so much money to be made in real estate uh, just by flipping, by buying holds. Uh, you know any of these exit strategies that you use I mean you guys you can become very wealthy in the next five years maybe even less depending on how hard you decide to work but um, yeah so the next the next one we went over rehab and sell we went over buy and hold we went over whole we went over wholesaling and then we went over owner financing so the last one is not really an exit strategy but more of an opportunity it's a unique one and this is what I call the self-directed IRAs. Now, I don't think many people have heard of the self-directed IRAs. But basically what it is, is you're taking a savings account. So let's say you have an IRA account or a mutual fund. Um, something that you've invested in for you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years. You, let's say you have half a million dollars in this 
your IRA account and you decide instead of taking that money out and just cashing out, being taxed on it, what you can do, it's, it's called a self-directed IRA. So you basically a broker gets involved. So this broker will take your money and then he puts this money basically, uh, I guess you would say in a contract and he says, okay, you have 40 days to go spend as much of this money on property before I put it back into the IRA account. So you have 40 days to go spend money on buying real estate. I mean, that to me sounds like fun. And the best part is, is you're not taxed on it. That money that you're going and buying all these properties, you don't get taxed. And so instead of pulling money out, $500,000 out cash, getting taxed on it, you could put it into properties, not get taxed. Yeah, I have to pay property taxes, but it's way less than what you would have been taxed. And then you could benefit from the cash flow of each one of those properties every month. I mean, you can, like we talked about on the buy and hold, renting out each room. You can cash flow easily uh, $1,500 to $2,000 per uh, property. And that's not even to mention if you decided to go in the multifamily, which is a whole other animal, but the rewards are much greater. Uh, so with that being said, guys, look into the self-directed IRA. Definitely, definitely a great opportunity to uh, avoid a real tax burden and uh, start investing in real estate with, I mean, really money that you've already saved, money that's yours. Uh, you just invest it in property, no taxes, and it's kind of fun. You just go blow money on properties, you know. Uh, obviously, you want to find the right properties and the right investments, which uh, next podcast will go over formulas on how to find an investment property what constitutes an investment property but guys i hope you enjoyed today's podcast if you guys have any questions please call in let us know if you have any uh concerns about the things i talked about please let us know um we'll 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 talk you know we'll talk and like i said guys this podcast is all about raw data i'm giving you everything raw um so with that being said tune in Sunday we're gonna go ahead and uh, we're gonna take a break on Saturday and tune in Sunday and we'll talk about formulas the formulas you can use to find an investment property basically what constitutes an investment property because not every property is a good investment okay guys all right guys I love you and thank you for tuning in to the best and only real estate investing podcast here on anchor